0: Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies, the temple destroyed, sacrifices ceased, the end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations and that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The The Revelation Red Pill, Pill, the kingdom kingdom of God, God is now. now. For For yours is the the kingdom, kingdom, the the power, and and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, and welcome back to Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. It's episode 26, and last week, I told you guys, was the most controversial episode that we had ever done probably on all of resistance chicks. And you know what, Leah, you guys, I have to, I gotta hand it to you guys. The feedback that we had from last week's episode was over 100% positive. Yeah. And no, 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 99. There was one lady that that's, this kind of hit wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's right. There was one, there was one lady and I'm really sorry. I hope you come back. Um, maybe in a couple weeks, and we can help kind of expound on it and explain. I thought that we did, but um, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I didn't. But then came this week. We weren't planning on doing this week. Yeah, I mean, of course, we were gonna come here. What we are covering tonight was not on the docket, and God said put it on the docket, it goes with it. And oh my gosh, confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. God's like, This is you have to expose this because here's here's the deal on resistance chicks whether it's the Friday news program, the Sunday news program, for the past six or seven years, we have been bringing you this sexual push that the world and society and the big powers that be are trying to cram down our throats, down our kids' throats. And it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, wait, 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 this is insanity. How did we get here? And we got here Through a whole series of things, and the root of it, yes, is Satan. Okay, it's always Satan. But the root of this is Alfred Kinsey. And we are going to go into one of the deep dives that Leah does so well that you guys have been tuning in for six or seven years. Every once in a while, you know, we did, we've done Ford, Carnegie, Rockefeller, IG Farben, Uh, last week was Margaret Sanger, population control and all of that. You guys come here for those big, deep dives. And tonight is going to be one of those. And I can guarantee you all, but guarantee you, most of you don't know any of this. So tonight is truly the embodiment of a revelation red pill. And it just so happens to be uncle Jack's birthday of all the things. So tonight we still going to have a party after this episode So we're going to have to literally, you know what doctors do when they do an operation is to dissociate. After this episode, we're going to dissociate. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And go into party mode and get pizza and watch a movie. If you guys Mm -hmm. don't know, we take care of our uncle and he takes care of us, actually. (laughs) I think it's probably the more accurate description. Um, But uh, seriously, guys, Lee and I have been talking and praying about this episode I want to say all week, but really it's only been the past five days since we knew we were going to do this. Mm-hmm. And God was like, you've got to bring them this. So I, I really wasn't sure how to get you guys to come, I'm just relying on the Holy Spirit because there's no way to rah-rah and cheerlead this episode. It's going to be stomach churning. You're not going to like it. It's uncomfortable. You're going to want to look away. Mm-hmm you're not going to want to remain in this episode because yeah. nobody wants to go down the deep, dark rabbit holes where children are tortured. Yeah. No, you're... Nobody likes to be there. They run away. Yeah. I would highly encourage you that if you want to defeat devil, the devil in this fight that we're doing, you have to look. You cannot look away. We have reached the point where if we look away, it's on our shoulders. Yeah.
1: I think I think you're definitely right about that.
0: All right, so Leah, how do we want to kick this off?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to Do you want me go get the
0: folder? Um,
1: you could go get the folder, sure. Um, I'm actually just trying to see how I can get this uh, PDF off of my phone. But, um, yeah, so I like to have articles complete for you guys um, up on Resistance Chicks. You can follow along with me. And you will uh, get one up on Resistance Chicks soon, so you can look for that. Millions of children today are sex slaves. They are helpless, hopeless prisoners. They are treated as sexual chattel to gratify the despicable cravings of perverts. They're enslaved because of the modern enlightened society's compromise with sin. The uh, breakout film, Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, has opened up the eyes of a vast audience to the mind-numbing scope of this criminal assault on the most innocent and vulnerable members of our human family. In a single year, as the film informs us, more than 22 million new images of child pornography were posted on the internet, an increase of 5,000% over the past five years. The child slave trade has passed the illegal arms trade and will soon pass the drug trade. Caviezel notes that a bag of cocaine can be sold one time, but a child can be sold five to ten times a day. And we have to stop this. Sometimes in order to go forward, you have to go back. Back to where something started. And so over the next two weeks, this is going to be a two-part series, guys. We're going to have a hard break in an hour and a half. So just make a mental note. You're not going to be here for three and a half hours with us tonight. Um, And so I hear the groans across the world right now. Oh, man, I really had that. (laughs) I was in for three hours, man. Uh, We are going to pick up where we left off with Margaret Sanger and uh, eugenics and the population control we're going to go to 1948 when an atomic bomb of a book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, was published, which would change the course of the world as we know it. And this is what I wrote as I was doing the research for this project. And we're going to get to some heavy details. You guys are on the on the edge of your seats. What is she talking about? Who is Alfred Kinsey? What is this that we're, we're going down? But I'm just going to tell you the emotional state that I have been in doing this. And I don't want you to go away. I don't want you to turn your head. We're not going to present to you things that are X-rated at all. Okay. We're going to, I would say this is a PG 13, 14 episode um, where we are going to talk about some heavy things, um, but we're not going to go into graphic, graphic detail. Um, So you stick with me because we all need to know where, where this started my heart is heavy it's breaking I have tears stinging in the back of my eyes but they won't come they won't come because I'm in a flux of emotion anger righteous anger driven like someone's life depends on me getting you this information so there's no time to cry crying comes later when the victims come forward and you cry with them now we fight fighters don't cry in battle we will end sex trafficking we must and we will end child pornography We must end end all pornography we must end all sexual deviance and perversion and to do that we need to go back to the origins of the greatest moral scandal perpetrated upon the minds of the american society and i would say the society at large as well this is a vast not right wing or left wing conspiracy but a pervert wing conspiracy that started with one man a zoologist named alfred kinsey he was born in 1894 he died in 1956. His, quote, scientific study of sexuality permeated every corner of American life and law. He called himself a scientist, a pioneer, the father of, quote, a new biology. felt like he was the Darwin of sex, sexology is a new word that they termed that eventually would morph into a worldwide sexual revolution. His work formed the foundation of modern, quote, sex education and became the foundation of the 1955 model penal code. Thank you. On reducing penalties for sex offenses like rape, molestation. And since according to Kindy's research, about ninety five percent of males would be jailed if what they participated in was made known, then of course we have to change the law around that so we don't have to jail everyone. Major law journals have cited him, so has the Supreme Court, particularly when they imposed abortion on the country. So like with our Margaret Sanger eugenics and population control episode, I have prayed heavily on how to present this important information to you in a way that hits home the need to stop the takeover of children's and adults' minds. At the same time, leaving you with a sense of purpose, and assignment instead of resignation, resignation or defeat. Please pray with me that the Lord will show you what your part is to play in ending the exploitation of little minds and bodies and healing those already caught in the net of abuse, deception, and lies. So, Albert Kinsey, a professor at Indiana University, he was a zoo- zoologist by training. Spent the early years of his career studying gull wasps. Yes, just wasps and collecting thousands of specimens of the insects. Kinsey then transferred the, his obsession and taxonomic taxonomic approach of research to the study of human sexuality much like the gall wasp he collected Kinsey and his colleagues gathered thousands of quote interviews in which he or his researchers asked detailed questions about the sexual backgrounds of the research participants and we're going to uh, explain to you those research participants were not your average American they were more of the criminal mind Kinsey compiled the findings from these interviews into two books that were the opening salvos of the sexual revolution that soon swept the United States. Sexual Behavior of the Human Male, sounds very scientific in 1948, and then Sexual Behavior of the Human Female, 1953. And as I read them, you will never read the titles of those books the same at the end of this episode because they are filled with a foundation of pedophilia. Both works contain many sweeping assertions and often move quickly from tables full of data to moral speculation about the repest, repressed sexual ethics of America. Kinsey officially began sexual research in 1941 with the help of funds from the Rockefeller Foundation and the assistance of the National Research Council. Our government helped fund pedophilia. Yes, surprise. In 1947, Kinsey founded the Institute for Sex Research in Indiana University, now simply known as the Kinsey Institute. And we uh, will be talking later about a group called Purple for Parents. Um, I forget why they're called purple, but make no mind. I know we're all like, maybe that might not be kosher. It's fine. It's a great, it's fine. I love purple. My
0: whole theme here
1: is purple. Uh, They go, they are carrying on uh, the, the going after Kinsey and they're really great people. And I just want you guys to know that we're going to be working with them, uh, but they're based in Indiana. So a lot of this started in Indiana, if you want to know where a lot of this started. In 1947, Kinsey founded the Institute for Sex Research in Indiana University, simply now known as the Kinsey Institute. What has become clearer in the years since the publication of the Kinsey reports is that Kinsey was not merely gathering information about other people's sexual experiences. He was also engaging in assorted sexual practices with various members of his research team. Instead of the, the static atmosphere most people associate with academia, the Institute for Sex Research became a kind of sexual utopia for the gratification of the appetites of the Kinsey and his team. According to one biographer, Kinsey decreed that within the inner circle, men could have sex with each other, wives would be swapped freely, and wives, too, would be free to embrace whichever sexual partners that they liked. Kinsey would thus film in the attic their sexual dalliances as, quote, science.
0: Pause. Right there. Okay. Unless, I don't know if we made this very clear, okay? Why is this important? Because this turd face, and I just said that, and I get that that's very immature of me. However, this monstrous man right here that you're looking at is the most influential and quoted scientist for everything that you see in every agenda that's being pushed in our schools and in society as far as sexual education and so on and so forth is concerned. He is literally the cited source, okay? And these books that he wrote and this quote-unquote research that he did changed pedophilia laws and sexual deviance laws in our states across the nation. How did we go from a moral society to an immoral society where certain things were unlawful before and now they are not just legal, but then pushed as the moral supremacy in our society? This ugly man right here is the reason. And to this day, people still quote him as if he is a scientific authority. Trust the science. Where we are at today, is solely because of yes, Satan, but this guy right here. Prior to 1950,
1: American common law, based upon uh, the Judaic uh, law and moral law, and I was just read Leviticus today and yesterday. And you have you haven't read uh, Leviticus on don't sleep with your sister, don't sleep with your mother, don't do that type stuff. It's it's actually quite fascinating, and you should not um, you should she should not do those things. So was, um, our, our law was based on the common law, criminalized non-marital sex uh, as a costly burden on society and on the children of illicit unions. So I know this is kind of hard for you to grasp because you have been brainwashed and we are getting some soap and some water. So less than, what, 75 years ago, America had on the books laws that you couldn't cohabitate, that you couldn't commit adultery, like these were illegal things. Homosexuality was illegal. Bestiality was illegal. I think it still it is. It should still be. but it still is. Um, these, these laws were in place and it wasn't that long ago. And why and how did they change? And that's where we, we are picking up from Margaret Sanger and the, I'm calling it population control, not birth control. Why did that change? Why did we go from outlawing any sort of pamphlet even on birth control, population control to embracing it fully in Christian homes? And even Christians today, we are embracing all forms of immorality. Why, how did this happen? It was very, very quick, very, very quick. Society had an authentic interest in sexual conduct. Only marriage provided for progeny, children's, children, childrens. Uh, secured the orderly generational passage of property and created a stable community. So in 1997, biographer James Jones, PhD, wrote that the celebrated, quote, sex researcher, Alfred Kinsey, was a crypto reformer who spent his every waking hour attempting to change the sexual mores and sex offender laws in the United States. He noted that there is no way that the American public in the 1940s and 50s would have sanctioned any form of behavior that violated middle-class morality on the part of the scientist who was telling the public that he was disinterested and giving them the simple truth. Any feature of this private life that violated middle-class morality would have been catastrophic for his career. You see, this man, Alfred Kinsey, portrayed himself as a just a, a homely father of three, just a straight heterosexual male who just loved his family. He was idealistic, and he was a disinterested scientist. He was nothing but the sort. He was a crazy pervert who... Deviant. As, deviant, who castrated himself in the shower with no a rope no
0: he oh well no, he um circumcised himself he circumcised in the he castra- sorry he didn't circum. he didn't castorize himself he circumcised himself. he later did though he I mean, jumped off the, i'm gonna tell you that punchline right now because it's not important but it it, it shows you how cray cray this man was at the end of his life he was so crazy he wrapped a rope around him and jumped off because he was sadomasochistic it ended up yeah. killing him in the end yeah what that act that he did Really crazy, crazy man crazy man and yet all of our sex set is based on this dude
1: yeah so Kinsey married um to preserve his public image at all cost and this is from his biographer who very much loved enamored him, him. enamored him his name is jo- uh, James Jones he was a professor in, at Arkansas University history professor so he documented kinsey's homosexual masturbatory sadomasochistic and pornography addictions so in sexual sexual behavior of the human male that came out in 1948 and the sexual behavior of the human female that came out in 1957 kinsey justified decriminalizing fornication cohabitation seduction alienation of affection adultery sodomy abortion and pornography 52 areas that they hit that he went after Uh, He also supported lowering the age of consent, trivializing rape, no-fault divorce, and sexually graphic sex education, among other things. He also insisted that a pedophile is not a repeat offender. Kinsey and the Gestapo, the most famous man in the world for a decade, was exposed in a 1998... Thank you for the BBC for this one thing that they've done great. Uh, In 1998, a Yorkshire, England television documentary called Kinsey's Pedophiles, they were obviously legitimate and you know if they did a great documentary we're going to play pieces of that for directing um uh, a, a documentary called Kinsey Pedophiles for directing pedophile rapists who produced the infamous table 34 and we're going to talk about table 34 in which um supposed pedophiles timed children's
0: orgasms well I don't think that's what you mean by that they you mean pedophiles supposedly timed yeah Um, So you have, that's on table 34.
1: So um, it was on child sexuality and in in the the, uh, sexual behavior of the human male. In his Yorkshire interview, uh, Jones, the biographer that really loves Kinsey, admits that kids as young as two months old, two months old, it's in table 31, were used by, quote, nine males for Kinsey's Institute, uh, the Kinsey Institute Child Experiments, Jones writes, Kinsey gives pretty graphic descriptions of their response to what he calls sexual stimulation. If you read those words, you will see that he is talking about kids who are screaming, kids who are protesting in every way they can, the fact that their bodies or their persons are being violated. And Kinsey calls those orgasms. That's Kinsey himself is a sadomasochistic, which means he only gets off on pain. And so He's thinking that these children these are children actually
0: were, they were uh, convulsed, convulsive by they were pain passing out, they were screaming, they were crying, they were pushing and against the person that was doing this to him.
1: Puts it in the book. In the table. 34. And he says that that is the definition of an orgasm. And you can actually show the table on the piece of paper from the Purple for Parents. Um, we met some wonderful women last year who um, have a really good grasp on this and explain it to people and you can find it it has a little it's Mm -hmm. a little pie chart
0: (sighs) better data well this Uh, is table 34 without the pie chart no it's with the pie there it is okay so wait let's just let i want to i want you guys to take a, a minute to to look over this okay at the top we are seeing this is table 34 the age is on the right then you've got two the old. number of orgasms, the time that was involved, the age of the child, um, and so on and so forth. All right? And there's two tables there, split in half. So you start with five months years old. Two. Or five, excuse me, it says uh, five is the very first one. Um, it's five. It says oh, five. Okay. So it starts with five. Now, let's go and look at, um, where's the four-year-old with That's the, the girl. That's the girls. Um, 26 orgasms. Oh, this is the female 24-hour period. So, what, that's the female chart. What Judith points out, we're going to get into who Judith is in a second. Um, they were tormenting these children over a 24-hour period. Okay, Mm -hmm. keeping them awake. This was child torture. Mm -hmm. Okay, against children as young as five months old. But it's in the book. It's in the book. This This is in his book that was published in 1948. That we are basing all of our sexual sexual education and, and not just sexual laws. education and laws, but laws and societal norms uh, norms yeah. based on this man who is a sycophant, is a monster. He should have been arrested. Now, Leah's gonna read into this, but I just want to give you guys a little brief overview. He claims in his in his way of saying that he's kind of innocent of this that it was he was he just so happened to have these pedophiles who just so happened to have stopwatches who just so happened to take extremely rigorous notes they just happen to be of the scientific bent. he was not interviewing men that were in jail he did he did he did interview um some pedo- but not but all actually of them. none of the pedophiles were in jail that they interviewed that's what I'm saying they were none of saying. S- the pedophiles were not in jail yeah so he's interviewing current pedophiles and we're gonna get it's gonna get deep into um all of this stuff but guys there's a Please don't turn away from this episode. I know it's uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, so uh, in his book, the male book, Kinsey callously wrote of what made for the most reliable research. Better data on pre-adolescence climax come from the histories of adult males who have had sexual contacts with younger boys. So this is, he writes in science, sciencey in the book. He says that we have great data from talking to homosexuals who have raped little boys like that is great. So we have this great data of, of, of these from these pedophiles who with their adult backgrounds, because they're adults are able to reconci- rec- recognize and interpret the boy's experiences. So if they're sobbing, they're having a good time. If they're screaming, they're having a good time. Um, I can tell that you're climaxing or whatever you're doing. You, the, those words do not apply to a child, period. Exactly. OK, they don't. They don't apply to children. They just, they do not. Nine, and so here, we're going to get to something very interesting because later on, the guy who took over the Kinsey Institute, his name was Bancroft, and he said that he went back and he couldn't find the nine pedophiles that the research was based on, that it went down to one guy who had 300 victims. And he insisted upon that. It was one guy, 300 victims, one guy, 300 victims. But Kinsey's own research says nine of our adult male subjects have observed such, or, can we have another word for the orgasm? Yeah, let's
0: come up with another word. Just such. Well, and in this case have observed such, he says, well, well, I don't like the word, honestly, guys. Um, and, and you know what, as an aside, cause you're going to continue reading, so you won't lose your spot. I'm watching this. Um, what's it called? Mind, um, the, the mind polluters, mind polluters, uh, and it's really a tool for parents mm-hmm. when it comes to the sex ed that they're doing in children. Mm-hmm. I watched some cartoon videos where they are desensitizing children from saying these words that in society, we all know they are uncomfortable. So
1: Planned Parenthood goes it's into on
0: purpose s- to school schools and they have
1: all the kids shout out all of the crude names for different body parts.
0: And so that they desensitize you to those words, and they're not a big and deal. the action. But then also the real words. Mm-hmm. These and so the, the idea behind it is that we are supposed to be. Oh, there's nothing shameful about your body. There's nothing shameful about your body parts. There's nothing sh- shameful about what your body does and these experiences and these words should not be shameful and all of this. Guys, yes, they should. Yes, they are. They they are called private parts. For a reason. Yeah. Because it's private, it's personal, and it ought to be. Okay? I'm just so- going to
1: say, when I, when that word comes up, I'm just going to say, mm. Okay, so nine of our adult male subjects have observed such uh, on 317 pre-adolescent boys observed in context with other boys or other adults. So what it's saying is that these pedophiles either saw two boys doing something together, which... Uh, right and then or other adults okay so one of those re- reliable adult males according to the yorkshire television investigators was dr fritz von bullseck and we are actually a bullet sick i don't know how would you say it Wait, um good. we are going to go into him longer later i don't know how long the show is going to go but he was a member of the German Gestapo. And honestly, guys, I wasn't even putting two, putting two and two together when I watched this documentary. There's a three-hour documentary on this called- I
0: will put that documentary in the show on resistancechicks.com.
1: Yeah, so it's called The Kinsey Syndrome, the full documentary, and YouTube doesn't want you to find it. So it doesn't, like, it doesn't put, if you just put in The Kinsey Syndrome, it doesn't come up, but you have to put it in full documentary, so. um, So when I heard about this German Gestapo guy who was stationed in Poland in this documentary. I was like, okay, this had to be after, like, after the, after, like, I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't, it wasn't even dawning on me. This, I thought that Kinsey was in contact with him after um, the book was written. After he wrote his book on the, the sexuality of the male, because it came out. But I, I literally put, and I'm starting to get a headache, but don't go anywhere. Because your brain will explode. Um, in 1957, Bullesek was arrested. He was olig- originally arrested but acquitted for a child sex murder, and then he and then he was tried and convicted in Germany for having violated children over three decades. So, starting in 1937, what started in 1937, Kinsey's sex research, and he was doing sex research a german nazi in poland was kidnapping children and raping them and and timing them with a stopwatch and sending information over to alfred kinsey and that information is in this book and that book is the basis for changing the laws in america this is i thought we hated nazis i thought did you know alfred kinsey was asked to testify against this guy and in the name of quote unquote, this is their moral, their moral high ground is this. For in the name of science, we must have confidentiality. Well, actually, if you have a scientific theory, it must be and it repeatable. Must be. Your sources must be known. They cannot be anonymous. They cannot be anonymous. And the research has to be viewed by all. It observable and repeatable. And so they are relying on quote unquote pedophiles that are anonymous and it could be one, it could be nine, it could be more. Okay, well, let's see the information that you have. Let's see what you wrote down. Well, in the name of confidentiality, we can't do that. You're just going to have to trust us on the science. He's This man is quoted 650 times at least. And that was in the year 2000 in law. Okay, so I'm going to go on. According to, um, he was tried and convicted in Germany for having violated children over three decades. According to German newspaper, the Nazis knew and gave him the opportunity to practice his abnormal tendencies in occupied Poland on Polish children who had to choose between uh, Belusek and the oven gases. The gas oven, sorry. Uh, Over the war, the children were dead, but he lived, so all these children died, and he has all this information. He killed them all. So, Belusek recorded data from his Sex with Children, just as the Kinsey Institute researchers. In the year of his trial, Berlin newspaper headlines revealed that Belusek corresponded with the American Kinsey Institute for some time, and had also gotten books from them which dealt with child sexuality. On October 1st, 1957, the German newspaper writes, kinsey apparently was very interested in balisek's data gleaned from raping polish and then later german children the connection with kinsey towards whom he showed off his crimes had a disastrous effect on Bolisek. in his diaries he stuck in the letters from the sex researcher kinsey in which he'd been encouraged to continue his research he also started relationships to expand his researches one shivers to think of the lengths that he went to um I don't know if the quote is here, but one of the German, the German judge basically said kind of what hell have we entered into here? Okay. As to the adult males, Kinsey and his team stated that 95% of the men of the greatest generation engaged in what was considered deviant sex. So Kinsey's sample population, Paul Gebhard, Kinsey's co-author and later director of the Kinsey Institute, explained that since most of their interviews took place during World War II, they had to use inmates, <laughs> so 1,400 sex offenders, and their uh, as their quote normal population. Hmm. Just after the male volume was published, Kinsey told a California judicial sex crime committee that their research represented the population as a whole, and we're getting to some of those numbers. He had about 300 violent psychopath sex offenders. Um, I think I think when you break it down. Only 1% of the the men. So he he interviewed um, men and women. And he asked them a series of questions about their sex life. And that's how he came up with this book. And he said that um, behind the scenes, America is engaging in all kinds of promiscuity. And we'll get to some of these numbers. Basically, um, 79% of women who aren't married have abortions. Um, 50% of young uh, boys who live on a farm have had sex with animals. Like, this is all crazy weird stuff. And he, um, where did he get his people from? We'll break that down, but he went to homosexual bathhouses. And at the time in the uh, 30s and early 40s, the only people that were going to in- give you their information on their sex lives were going to be promiscuous People, anyways, are not going to be good moral Christian people, right? So it, all these numbers are skewed. He had his numbers at like twenty five percent full homosexuals in the in the country, like, okay. So in two thousand and four, this is an overview, and then we're going to go to some of the details later. Uh, in two thousand and four, the American Legislative Exchange, which represents twenty four hundred state legislature, noted that. Of the more five thousand men who made up Kinsey's research base, so when he's going out, he's doing this research, and it started uh, at Indiana University. And he started with um, his—he had a class that he started with, and then when he got uh, Rockefeller money, we're going to go into that. Then he expanded it. So in this research that he that he was doing, he had five thousand men. Two thousand four hundred forty-six were designated as convicts. Really, why in the world are you are you interviewing and you know what he started this as? I just want to help marriages. Uh-huh. I want to help married people understand sexuality. Um, he even went so far as to say people should just get married earlier because they're repressing their sexuality. He didn't mean that. He didn't mean people because you know, he was... Hom- no, because we find homosexual. out later,
0: according to his research, so, people weren't repressing it. They were doing it and just not telling So, anybody. out of 5,000,
1: one-fifth were homosexual, which he actually had. is That's why the world is... That's why he says America had 25% homosexuals. 50 were transvestites, 117 were mentally ill, and 342 were other. 650 were abused as boys, and this yielded 4,608 apparent. And then 873, quote, normal male subjects, people who had not been in jail and people who were not homosexual and had not been molested as a child mm. were less than, um, yeah. So so less than 25% were normal. Okay, so this is crazy. So this is um, from an article um, by uh, Judith Reisman. And we're going to, Uh, tell you who she is in a minute she's our our nation's hero this is a quote from her she says I was on the ALEC scientific advisor to junk science after I proved the Kinsey Institute's child abuse the ALEC published in its April 2004 issue The State Factor to study A study by Dr. Linda Jeffrey called Restoring Legal Protections for Women and Children, a historical analysis of the state's criminal codes. This issue of the state factor called upon legislators to revisit all laws based on Kinsey's research. California Senator Ray Haynes, former ALEC president and California Republican whip, wrote in the study's introduction today's Kinsey. Today, Kinsey's junk science is the unquestioned foundation for all legal, legislative, and media debate on marriage and civil unions. This report reveals compelling evidence of illegal and criminal acts masquerading as science. Professor of constitutional law, Dr. Charles Rice of Notre Dame, concluded that Alfred Kinsey's research was uh, contrived, ideologically driven, and misleading. Any judge, legislature, or other public official who gives credence to that research is guilty of malpractice and dereliction of duty. Another ALEC finding noted that the American Law Institute's Model Penal Code of 1955, when everything started to change, it was a, there was a bunch of judges and lawyers who got together and they rewrote what the penal code should look like, what laws uh, should apply, and how you would apply rape or molestation and what kind of punishments they should have. So it it was a, it was a recommendation. And every state, and there's actually a chart in there, a flow chart, where it shows the states as they began to adopt the new model penal code of 1955, uh, which was largely based on Kinsey's data, influenced the Supreme Court's 2003 decision in Lawrence versus Texas, which overturned anti-sodomy laws. So the ALI model penal code reporters cite Kinsey's junk science, claiming that in 1955, 37% of the total male population had at least some overt homosexual experience to the point of Mm. between adolescence and old age. This accounts for nearly two out of every five males that one may meet. In spite of its reliance on junk science, this section of the model penal code was cited favorably by the Supreme Court to normalize sodomy on June 26, 2003. So literally they cited his work, um... It's it this one? No, there's the other flowchart. There's two flowcharts. Okay. And it should be the other flowchart. It's that no, one. It's that this one? Yeah, it is because oh, okay, the states okay. are at the bottom. I, all right. I thought that was something else. So these states you can see at the bottom are as they begin to um, all adopt the model penal code in the different years. Bamboozled states. So in a 1952 issue of the Harvard Law Review, Herbert Walsher called for Kinsey's data to become part of the law, saying that common law penal codes were ineffective. Also, in the 19- nineteen, this was just four years after Kinsey's book came out, which is junk science and based on pedophiles. And
0: he was doing kind of a book tour to state legislatures.
1: Yes, he was going from state to state, and all pretty much funded by the Rockefeller Foundation at the time. And the Rockefellers how did how did he get this out? It was the Rockefeller media, the Mockingbird media. Rockefeller uh, Foundation began to knock on all their doors, and everybody from Variety magazine to New York Times wanted. piece of this because of course it's fantastic we're all super sexual beings and we all knew it And let's just go at it um also in the 1950s major state cell sex offense commissions suddenly appeared uh quoting kinsey that all sex crimes were normal so all sex offenders warranted therapy and parole parole at that time um three states had the death penalty automatic for rape and 22 had the death penalty for rape and you see now you guys wonder the death penalty you know, available for rape. Yeah, do you guys wonder? And you've heard it, how come child molesters don't get this? And how come rapists don't get this? Alfred Kinsey and his book, 1948. That's why they changed the laws. Did you know that three states actually had you rape your your death penalty? You, you die. rape, you
0: die. You rape, you die. No raping.
1: Yeah. yeah, you no, die. Yeah. So we actually really did protect women and children, and now we don't. Uh, in 1955, the ALIMPC called for the legalization of seduction, fornication, cohabitation, adultery, sodomy, and other practices that were largely illegal pre-Kinsey. And if you, call, if you even say that they should be illegal today, then they might throw you in jail, okay? Um, and again, let's go back to the beginning. When do these things come to be? Such measures would turn public morals into private battles of he, shes, he says, she says. Also, the new, quote, privacy view meant that all sex acts should be le- le- uh, legitimate. And that's where uh, the Supreme Court overturned abortion or um, Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade because they said that you applied a privacy law to abortion. And that's what they did that for birth control as well, which you that's not how the constitution works and so if you kill
0: your uncle in the privacy of your own home it's not murder because it was private yeah
1: um also the new privacy view meant that all sex acts should be legitimate legitimate even rape and sadomasochistic abuse Unless a victim could prove, you had to prove it was non-consent. You had a non-consensual injury with witnesses and with a, within a designated time. So the sta- there was like no statute of limitations. And when you hear about the statute of
0: limitations, that's Alfred Kinsey, right? So what you're saying is, prior to Alfred Kinsey, um, if someone came forward 20 years later and could prove that they were molested, they, that person could still be punished. Because I, there was no I statute believe, of limitations. I believe
1: so. I do know that they they made for different statutes of limitations, um, with the Kinsey report. The sexual offenses reforms, oh yeah. Oh, reforms called for the ALI MPC eventually led bamboozled judiciaries and legislatures in every state to eliminate or lighten sexual and reproductive common law standards. By nineteen eighty, the ALI uh, the I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say that the American Penal Code. Uh, was carried partially or totally by all state legislatures. With uh, sex laws thus gutted, radical sex educators proceeded to mug marriage and the family. Experts demanded school sex education ostensibly to reduce crime. Margaret Singer's eugenic union, which became Planned Parenthood, joined with groups like the Sex Information Education Council of the U.S. to spread Keynesian school sex education programs under the guise of health or family life education, less threatening to parents and teachers. By the late 1960s, Kinsey and sex educators were beginning to teach schoolchildren capricious sex, make love, not more, thus spawning bloated rates of sexual disease, crime, and misery. With accompanying public health costs, pornographers teamed up with radical feminists, homosexual activists, and sex educators to spread their poisonous influence, even going so far as to proclaim marriage as legalized rape and prostitution. Haynes said that uh, Kinsey helped to weaken or gut 52 state sex laws that had protected marriage and the family. From 1970 to 1980, 48 states using the bogus sexuality data adopted forms of no-fault divorce resulting in the impoverishment of single mothers and ongoing tragedy for children. In 2004, the ALEC told legislatures that its April issue of The State Factor was a valuable reference and resource for your work in government, understanding how junk sex science deformed our thinking and our laws is vital, only if enough legislatures call attention to Kinsey's questionable findings can we start to reverse the misguided assault on American law and a way of life and repeal laws
0: and public policies based on junk science. And we're going to get to even more details about why this was such junky science.
1: But this was only the most recent appeal to reverse Kinseyan policies. In 1995, a bill was actually introduced in Congress. It was called the Ethics in Education Act. And that had 51 federal legislative co-sponsors, and it was to determine if Alfred Kinsey's sexual behavior in the human male and or sexual behavior in the human female are the result of any fraud or criminal wrongdoing. And that bill never went anywhere because it only had 51 co sponsors Will anyone resurrect H.R. 2749 today, demanding justice for children and the exposure of many of Kinsey's frauds? Many years have passed since hundreds of abused children here in America and Germany and in the concentration camps in Poland became Kinsey's child sexuality data. But justice demands repudiation of the man, his lies, and the laws they are based on.
0: So, so that was just, from
1: lifeissues.net. So, yes, I'm going to make this an article later. That is from lifeissues.net. And that was written in 2010 by a, man, uh, by a woman named Dr. Judith Reisman. And I'm going to tell you about her because she is our heroine of this evening. The woman who wrote the above article is Dr. Judith Reisman. Reisman. How did we say it was? Reisman. 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 A little lady on a mission. The woman uh, here pretty much single-handedly exposed the abject corruption of Alfred Kinsey and the Kinsey Institute. We will be leaning heavily on her countless hours of painstaking research of the man, the myth, and the organization that has led to the moral destruction we see around the world. Just a little information about Dr. Reisman. In 1966, her 10-year-old daughter was raped by a 13-year-old neighbor boy she told him to stop but he persisted he knew she would like it he said he knew from his father's glossy magazines the only acceptable pornography at the time the playboy the boy left the country a few weeks later after it came to light that um her daughter was one of several neighborhood children that he had raped uh including his own little brother Dr. Reisman's daughter fell into a long depression, and Dr. Reisman set out on a decade-long quest to understand what happened and why. She even returned to college, and she got her MA and PhD in communications from Case Western. You see, Dr. Reisman, um, she was actually um, a, a musician, a, song, a songwriter. She worked with children, um, and when this happened to her daughter, she wanted to know why. And she called up some friends, and she was looking for somebody to commiserate with, somebody who would understand. And she kept having friends say, maybe she consented. Maybe she wanted to do it. You know, children are sexual. What do you mean? What do you mean children are sexual? And they kept pointing to the new Alfred Kinsey. And so she went
0: on a, you know... She's as like, a, Alfred Kinsey, what? What is this ridiculousness? And she then became... The leading authority on Alfred Kinsey in the
1: world. So during the Reagan years, okay, she has a PhD in communications and she was appointed to serve as a principal investigator. She actually worked for the Department of Justice on this. And um, there was a uh, U.S. Department of Justice study, which I, she says is a quote, I use the military intelligence method of content analysis. So this is without the internet okay to document the quantity and quality of quote images of children crime and violence and I don't know if you have that pdf that you can bring up I Mm -hmm. think you found it so you can actually find this on the government website Michelle can show you that it's um I'm not I think when you bring it up you might have the um the url
0: for it or no no I it's on your phone okay um whoops there's all my emails hang on oh shoot (laughs) let me try again let me open it up in a different chat. It's, I have to download it, I think. Okay, don't worry about that. Just bring it up, not in your email. That's what, I have to download it to do that. Okay, that's what I'm saying. All right.
1: Um, so in this particular um, study that she, that she put together, uh, she said, I used the military intelligence method of content analysis to document the quantity and quality of images of crime, children crime and violence in mainstream pornographic publications, Playboy, Penthouse, and Hustler. These Justice Department findings have been cited in briefs filed in numerous venues, including the U.S. Supreme Court. Dr. Jeffrey and I also uh, use content analysis to measure the the influence of Kinsey's junk science on American penal law. And we will talk about that later. But what you don't know about Playboy and Penthouse and Hustler is that um, there, I think from this, if you scroll down, it says. On, I'm um, yeah,
0: let me get it up so I can. There were, I think, over. That's Hang not on. what you want. I know it's not what I want. I'm really failing here. <laughs> Let me get off of this. Sorry, guys. It's technical difficulties here.
1: But there was about six thousand child pornography images in um, these in in Playboy, in Penthouse, and Hustler. You guys have probably heard of, Ch- of uh, Chester the molester. Um, she went through without the aid of the internet. The Playboys and the penthouses and found that, um, yeah, if I could, I guess I can read it from my phone while you've got it there. So it's something, it's dot gov. Okay, so It says, a study to determine how pornography and violence in the media affect the incidence of sexual abuse and exploitation, family violence, and juvenile delinquency was recently completed at the American University in Washington, D.C. The project was funded through the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention, the U.S. Department of Justice. Dr. Judith Reisman, principal investigator for the study entitled Children, Crime, and Violence, in the pictorial imagery of Playboy Penthouse and Hustler testified, on the findings before the U.S. State's Attorney General's Commission on Pornography on November 21, 1985. Visual images of children in sexual and violent contexts were analyzed in 683 issues of three adult magazines, beginning with the Playboy's initial December 1953 issue through Playboy, Penthouse, and Hustler issues of December 1984. Researchers counted children in cartoons or photographs and references to children in cartoon and photograph captions. Each cartoon or photograph was examined for characteristics of the child or adult depicted. Uh, The activities in which the child was involved, the nature of the activity, and the state of of dress or undress of the child. Pseudo-children, adults dressed and posed as children, and any uh, decrepit body features, such as oversized uh, female attributes on a small child's frame were also noted now as a side note why is this important because did you know that Hugh Hefner was a virgin when he went to college and what book did he read Michelle sexuality of of the human male he read the 1948 book and he said wow what am we doing here and Hugh Hefner when Rockefeller actually pulled out funding Playboy magazine uh, began to fund the Kinsey Institute and so you would not have playboy you would not have penthouse you would not have hustler if it wasn't for kindy's um research and his research on particularly the fact that children are sexual beings and can have um in 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 these in his books and in his writings that children can have uh relations with with adults that are not harmful to them so what happens is that when these men begin to read these magazines based on this quote research that children aren't harmed by this children are sexual so the study identified three basic themes non-sexual non-violent activities such as simple memories violent activities such as murder and maiming of the total of six thousand photographs and we're talking about in 19 to 1985 okay Illustra- illustrations and cartoons depicting children appeared in the 683 magazines. Hustler depicted children most often, an average of 14 times per issue. Playboy, eight times. And Penthouse, six times. The findings include 1,600 child images were associated with nudity. 1,225 child images were associated with genital activity. 989 child images were associated with sexual, sex, sexually with adults. 792 adults were portrayed as pseudo-children. With, like, little children with bows and teddy bears. 592 child images were associated with force. 267 child images were associated with sex with animals or objects. 51% of child cartoons and 46% of child photographs showed children between 3 and 11. Half of them were children between 3 and 11. So, with your dad's Playboy, your dad is a pedophile. I'm telling you, every boy, man, anybody who has read Playboy is going to have been exposed to child pedophilia. It is absolutely despicable. Okay. Uh, would you, my, and of course, my phone does not want to me to read any of this. I've got it right here. Okay. More girls than boys were associated with sexual assault. More boys than girls were associated with violent assault. Almost all depictions of child sexual abuse portrayed the child as unharmed or benefiting from the activity. From 1954 to 1984, these 6,004 images of children were interspersed with 15,000 images of crime and violence. 35,000 female genitalia, basically. Playboy, Penthouse, and Hustler were chosen for the study because they are the three top selling magazines. Approximately 25% of the profi- professional adult male population reads at least one of these three magazines. In addition, Playboy and Penthouse are accessible to juveniles. Uh, at one point, Playboy reached 15 million people per issue. Penthouse, se- about 7.5 million. And Hustler, about 4 million. This compares with psycholog- psych- Psychology Today, about 4 million. And Sports Illustrated, about 5- 13 million. So... There are, and and we we might actually kind of Let go me, over but some hang on later, you're, you're but going over
0: a lot of data here, and I just want to break it down because I've watched the documentary and I've seen a lot of the images that they're talking about. What they're talking about are cartoons, okay? Not all cartoons, but a lot of them are cartoons. When I open up, or I used to when I was a kid, I would open up the Sunday newspaper. My favorite thing, to do was to go to the cartoons. My parents would read and Leah would read the actual newspaper and I went straight for the cartoons. Those cartoon images were specifically designed so that when children opened up those magazines, they went and they saw themselves depicted with sexual activity with adults. That is why they were in there.
1: I did not even put two together until you just said that.
0: So when the kids open up their dad's magazines, they see, oh, this is normal to have adults fondling and doing atrocious things with children. They Your magazines, these dirty magazines that you were given to you as a child, you were groomed. This was done to you. And if you stumbled upon them, it was Satan. And anyone that ever tries to cover up for these nasty, disgusting pedophiles should be in jail along with the rest of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you've got um, implied incest. Um, you had the Teddy cartoon in a is a full-page color image. And these are in the report. There's no pictures, so he just kind of describes uh, describing a, a scene between a female, minor, and adult male. It takes place in the midday um, and a... It draws a typical child in his cartoon, a girl of about seven or eight, uh, large eyes occupy nearly half her face, um, and you you get the impression there's a dollhouse, there's a teddy bear, a ball, and in it, the story is of child sex for money, prostitution, and the cartoonist has the child cheerily blame the teddy bear for the unexpected price, portraying the youngster as a mercenary and more clever than the the older adult male offender. Thus, folks equalize the child and the adult in the same drama, suggesting the male, not the child, is being victimized, tricked, and exploited. The casual safety of the man's midday entry into the bedroom of the already nude female child and his shock at the charge blamed on Teddy would imply some sort of kinship pattern. Father, uncle, stepdad. Some may question the incest implication uh, or argue that this is adult prostitute dressing as a child. However, a complete review of this um, particular cartoonist named Folks, uh, 35 child cartoons present an identifiable artistic pattern of nude female children in bed with men, women, and family members, uh, like Uncle William. Furthermore, since Playboy has become aware of the Reisman research activity, Folks has lately abandoned these child-adult sex dramas for other themes. Meaning... That at the time that Judith was doing this, wasn't this in the 80s? Well, This came out in 1985. This report did. And so So, I'm guessing right before before her report, I'm guessing.
0: What I'm just saying is these cartoons. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. And you may say, oh, you have no right to talk about this stuff if you've never seen it. I have never one time in my entire life... Looked at a pornographic magazine. I've never had it in my hand. I did not know what was in it other than images that I have seen online. Okay? I didn't know that these cartoons were in here. Why? If these are adult magazines, are cartoons in there? So, are they, Does anybody know if cartoons are still in these magazines? And I will not shame you in the chat. I will actually appreciate you. Are there still cartoons in these magazines because clearly he did not He stopped depicting children in his cartoons of pornographic pedophilia, yeah. but he was still doing cartoons. Yeah. What is this? Well, then you had Chester the Molester,
1: and I do have a clip from that. Uh, if you guys are willing to stomach a few clips. Um, Hustler Magazine cartoonist draws child rape for 13 years until arrested
0: for daughter's molestation. Read this comment. Sweet Thunder, thank you for this comment because I, I honor you and I value you. Sweet Thunder says, Playboy and more were owned by my abusers on the coffee table out to sea. They were intended for
1: grooming. These weren't opened up just yet. Um, I might have, I don't know if I had to play them. Um, I wanted to make sure they weren't in my history. Like, I took them out of my history really quickly. Um so you're gonna have to just put in this search box hustler magazine cartoonist uh, maybe so these particular cartoons uh led to a lot of pedophilia and they made it normalized and that should be enough mm, yeah that's it the disposable culture
0: Again, guys, I know that this is hard, and nobody wants to do these episodes. You don't want to be here, but if, if we're gonna fix what is happening today, we can decry it all that we so want. So this
1: is Hustlers Magazine cartoonist Chester the Molester cartoonist. These were legal, by the way. Kinsey's Pamphleteer.
2: During World War II, the Nazis used cartoons to condition the minds of Germans against the Jewish people creating an exaggerated and comical identity that so ultimately some of these
0: are a little disturbing uh if you want to look away uh, frankly i don't even think that these are child friendly if you have kids that are allowed i'm to actually watch gonna, this gonna episode, you know what i'm just
1: gonna fast forward through these and you guys are seeing see them. them they, they can they
0: can but they're really they're probably almost too small to
1: see i'm them. glad we're just gonna get to here you guys um you can watch this you, you should want. all watch the but by far
2: the most disturbing collection comes from larry flint's hustler magazine For years, Hustler published the cartoon, Chester the Molester. It's part of a series in which
3: this man was attacking children.
2: The classic Chester cartoon is this one, where Chester sits naked in a chair with three young girls who have obviously been kidnapped, bound and raped. The caption coming from the TV reads, it is 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Dr. Reisman believes that because of suggestive imagery like this, many parents don't know where their children are. Sadly, some of them will never see their children again. Chester the Molester was the invention of Hustler's head cartoonist, Dwayne Tinsley, shown here in the 1985 documentary, Rated X, where he explains the character of Chester.
4: And Chester's the character that I do for the magazine. Um, he have a dirty old guy that would uh, do anything to trap a young girl. When you
5: say young girl, how
4: young do you mean? <clears throat> well, at that particular time, he was after the younger ones, 10, 12. Uh, his idea is that he wants to get all little girls.
2: Look again carefully at this disturbing image where Chester is writing information on a notepad almost as if he were recording data like one of Kinsey's pedophiles
4: first of all if he's gonna trap a little girl you know the idea for him would be to to knock her out or something I don't know I mean he didn't have to uh, uh, actually use a club or a bat he could have smacked her but just the idea of, uh, of the bat is a little goofier uh, What better than a baseball bat? I mean, it was just always with him. He was going to uh, hit the little girl over the head with... Trapper hit the little girl with his club and drag her off to his lair, as it were. Whether she was going to have fun or not, it was never established.
2: This same attitude seems to have carried into Tinsley's own life. Four years after appearing in this documentary, Tinsley's daughter would testify in court that she had been repeatedly raped by Tinsley himself. In 1989, Dwayne Tinsley was tried and convicted as a child rapist, in part because of the research on his work done by Dr. Reisman.
3: There's just no question at all that those cartoons that we showed, that they showed the the jury were absolute evidence of the crimes he had committed on his daughter, as testified by his daughter.
2: During the trial, the jury was shown one of Tinsley's cartoons, which depicted a father molesting his teenage daughter. The caption reads, Gee, I'd love to go to the drive-in, Tommy, but my dad has some, uh, extra household chores for me tonight. In court, Tinsley's daughter claimed that her father showed her this cartoon and said to her, This is you and me. The Associated Press reported that Tinsley often said you can't write this stuff all the time if you don't experience it
3: there's no normal human being that can draw those things that can put that kind of idea out there to the public who is not experiencing that themselves no that's just not gonna happen
2: but tinsley was not alone his employer larry flint was also accused by his daughter tanya flint vega in her book hustled in which she claimed that her father used the Chester the molester cartoons to introduce her to the idea of sex and then raped her when she was only 9 years old. Like many pedophiles, Larry Flint was never charged with a crime and openly denied his daughter's allegations. Even Hugh Hefner is said to have been guilty of statutory rape. According to biographer Russell Miller in his book Bunny: The Real Story of Playboy, Hefner himself enjoyed making love to a schoolgirl who had attended his daughter's Sweet Sixteen birthday party. Miller's evidence was based on the testimony of the staff that worked in the Playboy Mansion at the time. As with Larry Flint, Hefner was never charged with a crime. A major breakthrough for Hefner's Playboy magazine and child pornographers in general was the film Pretty Baby, starring Brooke Shields. A film briefly remembered during the recent controversy over the images of 15-year-old Miley Cyrus. Pretty Baby was the story of a 12-year-old girl who grows up with a prostitute mother and ends up losing her virginity in a whorehouse. People magazine ran a story saying Brooke Shields 12 stirs a furor over child porn in films. Playboy featured images from the film along with an interview with the film's director, Louis Mall. In the interview, Malle said, When Playboy requested a photo that would express my personal vision of eroticism, I sent a shot of my two-year-old daughter, Justine, naked. This led to the photos above of Brooke Shields, whom I cast in the title role of my new film, Pretty Baby.
1: and pretty much every man in society is tainted and tainted with child porn. And the the Reesman report goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on and
0: on and on and on and on and on and on when you understand as a man you should be really angry because this was done by design to you prior to Alfred Kinsey and his ridiculous, it was not scientific research and these books that he published and then Hugh Hefner reads the book and then Hugh Hefner decides oh I'm gonna take this and we are going to shove it to society and then everything gets changed all of this was done by design and it was done to you you should be Mm -hmm. furious you should be and then I have a little clip here um that is from
1: actually uh a Dr. Phil show so how come it's not playing is this am I not on the same account as you you are it's right here Okay. So this particular father, uh, credits the Hustler magazine as it was, it's a joke. It was just a joke. Like.
4: I did not get every time I saw my daughter. I'm much more interested in the mechanics than the physical act. And I felt I wasn't causing any harm. I thought the sentence was harsh and incredulous. 20 years was
2: a bit much. Being a sex offender in prison is not fun. Exploited, taken advantage of, beaten
4: up. During the early nineties. Things like sexually abusing children were things that people winked and joked about. There used to be a a popular comic strip called Chester the Molester. We felt that it was harmless. It was me. It wasn't strangers. Neither Justin or I ever saw an issue with it.
6: Amanda, you haven't seen your father face to face since you were 13 years old. I have... um, a real disdain for putting abusers in the proximity of their victims unless the victim wants that to happen because they feel like it will be cathartic for them, they feel like it's something they need to do, and they have the ego strength to do that. Uh, Otherwise, I I would not do that, and you have expressed to us and now to me directly. You feel a need to face him and say the things you want to say, ask the questions you want to ask. Yes. So it's with your blessing and permission that I bring him out here to join us.
1: Yes, please.
6: Okay, Jim, come on out.
1: I'm just gonna fast forward a little bit here.
7: This day of meeting you again, Truthfully, I would have preferred if you were six foot under. I've heard excuses. I've heard no true apologies. And I've heard that you feel like you've done nothing wrong. Can you look at me now and really think that?
4: Absolutely not. I would never say that to you now.
1: Just a crazy, wicked man and then i have this other one here um can i go to the history from here mm-hmm. let's go back
0: everybody's going to see what our history has well, been it's all been about kinsey <laughs> Why? Okay, so you- this
1: particular father wants his daughter to take some culpability uh, because she wanted it
6: are you still victimizing this woman by telling her this was her fault, this was her responsibility, this was her ownership, that she was responsible, she initiated it, she came up with the games, she enjoyed it, she wanted this. Why are you still putting a guilt trip on her?
4: Because the time before last on the phone, uh, she played no part in it, She, she, like she wasn't there and uh, I'm not playing the guilt trap. I just want her
6: to admit to herself that there was two of us. There were two of you, a perpetrator and a victim. That's right. That's the two of you. Yes. There were two of you. She was the victim, you were the perpetrator. Bob, come on. A seven-year-old child does not have the mental and emotional capacity to navigate the terrain of sexual interactions? 12. 12, 13, 14, 15, they do not have the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, the maturity to navigate that terrain. When you have a child that you're putting your hands on in in a sexual way for sexual gratification, that is a crime, that is not something you say there were two of us there she was a willing participant no she was a manipulated victim not a willing participant you are attributing to her you are attributing to her a capacity that she does not have as a child and And
1: why would they do that because the magazines that they read said children can want this children can be not nebulous. just the magazines
0: but alfred kinsey said that children are sexual by nature yeah and can and should be freed yeah to have their own sexual life right and make their. it if decisions. you don't get
6: that you'll never get past this you I'm want worried, her to admit actually, that so
0: cbs clip i don't know why are we gonna get cut off i'm on. worried about it on facebook okay i don't They'll, know they will flag yeah it's a dr phil clip i wouldn't play anymore
1: Okay, well, Doctor Phil goes on to tell her, and she needs to hear it. Uh, you're a victim, and she just like breaks down. She's like, "I needed to hear that." And at the very end, he's like, "No, I think you're right." But it took it. it I can't believe they go on, Doctor Phil. Like, but for real, um, this is. There are several of these. There's. I watched another clip with a a girl whose dad treated her like a wife, and um, you know these girls get into and it's not just girls and boys too. So what happens as a child is if an adult in your life begins to do something and say, this is normal. And then a lot of kids are sexualized
0: and they think that they begin to want it. And then, um, they begin to act like most I've literally never spoken to someone that was molested that didn't have to work through the guilt and not just people that are molested your body has do a you reaction. know that ra- rape victims say the exact mm-hmm. same thing yeah. that they fought and they fought and they fought and then their body has a reaction mm-hmm. and then they feel guilt right. because their body like literally someone ham- it literally hits your elbow or your knee and it goes flying mm-hmm. that's a knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. and so they have to deal with the guilt from it and so the same thing happens when you Uh, when you groom a child right right
1: yeah i i we knew a a woman whose father was a minister and was a song writer and he was a he was a a gospel musician and he and his whole family would go from gospel church to gospel church singing songs but meanwhile he was molesting his oldest daughter all the time and we knew her and uh we became friends with her and um this is where um, we have to make sure that as, quote unquote, Christians, we do not go down the whole forgiveness route. I hate the forgiveness route. I hate the, um, the uh, let's have them back in our lives route. No, this guy needed to be in prison and under, uh, be pre-Kinsey, this guy would have probably had a death penalty. Exactly, pre Kinsey would have been he wouldn't be here, right? And the other guy wouldn't be here, and my particular uh, our particular family friends' father wouldn't be here, right? And that is a normal human reaction, right? Uh, and you know this particular situation, you know they they let this man back in their lives. I did meet a woman who was an alcoholic later on in life and she had some kind of mental issues and we prayed with her. We ministered to her. Uh, she had been molested by her father as, as a child and the mother, um, set his car on fire fire and tried to kill him. Uh, he, she did not succeed. He went to jail and he was killed in prison. Um, but the she judge, didn't go to jail. The judge let the mother off. That's the, the judge let the mother off. I want to read a off. couple
0: of comments over here. Um, Sweet Thunder says, I dragged a friend of mine away from my neighbor's house once I saw the Playboys on the coffee table. He had kittens. I dragged her out of the door after a few steps in. Uh, Well done. You probably saved her from from so much. And then um, over here, KT Frog, very brave person says, I was born in 1960. I was sexually assaulted by family members and two strangers. I had a horrible experience in a hospital as a child as well. I'm so glad it's being exposed. Wow. There are so many people out there who um, you would be surprised. And honestly, guys, if we're being totally upfront about what we all know, most of us have a majority of people in our lives who were molested or sexually assaulted at some point in their life, probably when they were a child. And so this is far more common than the society wants to admit. And in addition to that though, it's far more common than it ever was. And that's the difference. Right. Okay, we need to understand what happened. We had an entire society that has been normalizing pedophilia by joking about it, by putting it in these magazines, by putting it in these books. And then what do you expect? Mm-hmm. These these dirty men are reading these magazines and they're seeing Chester the molester sitting there with these girls and they're looking at their daughters and all of a sudden they start to act out because that's funny. We're joking about it. It's nothing. It's not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? This was done on purpose. So we have to get to the root of it to cut down the tree.
1: Yeah, if you could bring up... Um... I think I'm gonna skip the Ted Bundy part. Um, If you could bring up the, um, I think if you could start at 1:55, one hour and 55 minutes on the interview with Dr. a little bit uh, with Dr. James James Dobson. I think here this is uh, Ted Bundy.
2: James Dobson, just hours before his execution in
4: 1989. Listen. I'm no social scientist and I haven't done a survey I mean I I don't pretend that I know what John Q citizen thinks about this but I've lived in prison for a long time now and I've met a lot of men who were motivated to commit violence just like me and without exception every one of them was deeply involved in pornography without question without exception deeply influenced and consumed by an addiction to pornography
2: despite these warnings the so-called soft porn industry has been normalized in america partly because some of the most powerful social and political leaders of the last half century have given interviews even jimmy and appeared in these magazines helping to make them part of america's mainstream Perhaps most famous was Jimmy Carter's Playboy interview in 1976 as a presidential candidate. While ultimately considered a political blunder, it undoubtedly sent a message of acceptability to the up-and-coming generation, to those who, in time, would end up running the country. As such, what sort of decisions would they make on behalf of America's women and children? it is also important to consider that the warnings from ted bundy and the surgeon general were given years before the widespread use of the internet where today pornography is available to the
4: masses like never before in history the The internet i'm not trying to say is a real negative and dark thing there's a lot of positive and good things coming out of the internet but people need to be aware of the dark element that the Internet pr- provides to people. And it's in a very private...
6: Just a little bit um, to the
4: hustler,
7: uh, ...pornography.
0: And the guy who watches porn is
3: basically probably going to get addicted to the porn. And if he
0: does ever get married, sex is never going to be right because he's going to be so obsessed with the pornography that's not even real anyways. I believe that... God intended sex to be between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. You can you explain the images on the computer?
7: This is nothing right here. You mm, know,
0: it's just it's because you're not I with kept some
1: other doing it. woman it doesn't, it doesn't mean, mean that you're not being unfaithful to our marriage.
7: Go I when I see these That's, men. I want to
1: go his story. Nope, now you go back. Some even argue
2: that porn is a healthy outlet for men and women alike. But has this really proven to be the case? Or does an addiction to porn create a kind of shadow person, someone who ends up leading a double life, one that the rest of those in his world can only wonder about. And when his dark secrets are finally brought into the light, what will be revealed? One who understands the dark temptations of pornography is former Penthouse producer Jay Gator Henry who claims he narrowly escaped a lifestyle that became so extreme it almost landed him in prison.
7: I'll say that you know, but for the grace of God there go I when I see these men that are being
2: arrested on the news. As a former producer for Penthouse magazine Gator rubbed elbows with some of the big celebrities in Hollywood including Ozzy Osbourne and Pamela Anderson. And, as you would expect, his work exposed him to countless penthouse models.
7: Man, it was an ego rush to be around the most beautiful women in the world and, and then running around naked. And, and to a lot of men in America, you know, I had the dream job. I mean, I was their hero. I was doing what everybody thought was the greatest thing in the world to, that a man could be doing for a profession.
2: Gator believes his addiction to pornography began with a troubled childhood.
7: My, uh, my uncle had molested me when I was a child and um, he ended up confessing that to me uh, prior to his death from uh, from AIDS uh, some years, a few years ago and, and uh, I, so I had that event in my life and then I also remember when I was young finding uh, a penthouse in my father's bedroom closet and boy I thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread when I found that thing and uh, you know when you're at that age and everything else and uh, so I, I immediately was, was hooked on the whole thing so it was kind of interesting that everything turned around and ended up working for penthouse and pornography especially printed pornography people think that penthouse or playboy or whatever is, 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 is innocent. Um, and I'm here to say that it's it's absolutely not um, having also a drug past myself, marijuana. As marijuana is a stepping stone in the drug world, Penthouse magazine or Playboy magazine is a stepping stone in the porn world. You start there; it's not going to end there.
2: Gator claims that the steps on his journey through pornography led him into deeper and darker levels of perversion. Eventually, he found himself. On the brink of criminal behavior,
7: it, it got so bad where I would get on the internet. Again, I was just consumed. The ages of the girls I was looking at. In order for me to get the rush and, and to get that tingle, that that buzz that I wanted to get from the sexual side of it, what happens is you start looking at younger and younger images, younger and younger pictures of girls. And what happened for me one day was. It, it thought just slammed me that I probably have done things and probably had images on my computer at that time that could have put me in prison. I look at these men who, who duck these young girls and they molest them and, and kill them, bury them alive or whatever they do, stab them multiple times and stuff. And, and I know that those men, like me, they didn't wake up. They didn't start off. They didn't grow up as a little boy saying, oh, my ambition in life is grow up to be a child molester and killer and i know for a fact that all the everything in the marrow of my bones because i've been there i've walked and lived it that pornography took them to that place where just your average joe comes to a place in his mind and in his being where he's so consumed with that fulfillment of that lustful thought and pleasure with that thought that he has it. The fantasy becomes so overpowering and so all consuming. And those are the guys that go out and take these girls.
1: Okay, you can stop there. The next part of that documentary is NAMBLA, and I, I'm not sure we're ready for that tonight. I have
0: put that, the link to this documentary, and if you guys want to do homework, you are more than welcome to watch that um, between now and next week. And I put the link in um, on resistancechicks.com in today's episode.
1: So, just a few more minutes here. I want to just kind of talk about, um, go back to Dr. Reisman here. So um, in March uh, 1981, this is Dr. Judith, the older lady that we saw in the documentary. um, I received a reply to my letter to the Kinsey Institute from Kinsey's co-author, Dr. Paul Kebhard. I had written to ask about the child data on tables 30 through 34. Gebhard, who succeeded Dr. Kinsey as the Kinsey Institute director, wrote to me that the children in Kinsey's tables were obtained from parents, school teachers, and male homosexuals, and that some of Kinsey's men used uh, manual and oral techniques to catalog how many, quote, infants and children could produce uh, in a given amount of time. Armed with Gebhard's letters and admissions, on July 23rd, 1981, I created an uproar in Jerusalem at the Fifth World Congress of Sexology, where I lectured on Dr. Kinsey and his child data. I was confident my sexology colleagues would be as outraged as I was by these tables and the child data describing Kinsey's reliance on pedophiles as his child sex experimenters. Perhaps worst of all for me as a scholar and a mother were pages 160 and 161 where Kinsey claimed his data came from quote interviews. How can he say 196 little children, some as young as two months old, enjoyed fainting, screaming, weeping, convulsing, how can, how could he call these children's responses evident? evidence of their sexual pleasure and I called it evidence of terror, pain, as well as criminal. One of us was very, very sexually mixed up. So she had dropped an atomic bomb on this conference, but the room was filled with Kinseyites who believed children could have relationships with adults. These are people from around the world. However, she continued. In 1982, shortly after the confrontation in Jerusalem over Kinsey's Table 34, I was I was uh, invited by the U.S. Department of Justice and Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention to return to America from Israel. I was appointed to the full a a full research professor rank at at American University and uh, as the principal investigator of an $800,000 grant. That That was a lot of money back then. Was huge, and that we had we actually that was the grant to investigate Kinsey's role in child sex abuse and his link to children appearing in mainstream pornography, specifically Playboy and Penthouse. And guess what? They buried that. It never got to see the light of day. Um, it was crazy. The Kinsey Institute th- uh, was, was so hard against that. Now next week, cause we are going to, we do have to do a, a, a kind of a hard break here. Cause we got to get going. We are going to discuss Kinsey, um, his ca- scouting, his boy scouting and, and his marriage and his, his research team. And we're going to do a deeper dive into who is Kinsey and how did he come up with these tables? But before we go, I think, um, I might just, I want to bring up. Her, um, Judith Reisman had a very volatile, uh, kind of moment on the exchange on the Phil Donahue show in 1990. And we're going to go into the the researches and uh, I might just actually find that. I'm going to do, um,
0: Dr. Uh, I don't even know how to spell his name.
1: Oh, Phil Donahue
0: or Dr. Reisman. I'm just going to put, um,
1: Phil Donna
0: So I've got this whole clip but I don't know where the um that's the one we want I oh I don't that's know where hole. it would be <laughs> the this is a good ex- this is the whole episode no actually it's, it's, there's a there's a shorter clip somewhere that's the whole thing I just pulled that up
1: cleaned up version available that's so funny um is that it
0: Here's a, here's a okay. clip. There's a couple of them, right. but we'll play this one. And, and here's the deal. I want you guys to understand something that the person that she Dr. is Reisman combating here, okay, is one of the researchers. Of the researchers. He, no, he was
1: the filmographer in the attic of
0: the sexual liaison. I want to use the word partner in a business sense, but he was kind of partnering with Kinsey in his research. Of course, he was brought in in his early 20s. This guy's old,
1: fat, and ugly now. And he was brought in his early 20s to film in the attic these, this porn from the
0: Kinsey. And so he laughed.
2: Dr. Reisman refused to go on Donahue unless he would agree to show Kinsey's tables where the child sex abuse data is presented. Despite knowing about these tables, Donahue repeatedly insisted that no proof existed of child abuse in Kinsey's research. Nevertheless, he did show the data to his audience. Well, we're going to show. There. Now, uh, now, All right, now, now, what is the
8: point?
3: You what tell is your me point? what is the point. Five months old. What is it? I can hardly read it. What's next Five to that?
5: Months
3: old. Number of orgasms. Oh, number of orgasms, too. Go down to the four-year-old. You see the four-year-old there? yeah. There, bottom one. Yes, Four-year-old, 26 orgasms in 24 hours. Tell me, Phil. Tell me, Phil. Does a baby sleep? Tell me, Phil. Tell me, yes, Phil. Does a, does a baby sleep? Tell me if this is scientific. A baby sleeps scientific. for eight hours. And you, you tell sleep, me definitely. how you get 26 orgasms it's for 24
8: hours. <laughs>
3: Just, yeah. just a minute, just yeah. a minute, just a minute.
8: Sounds like a guest for the Danny Show. And you know,
3: and you know what, and you know what Gebhardt said to me? You know what Dr. Gebhard what he said from, he wrote me a letter, which I wish you had up there too, in which he said that oral and manual techniques were used on the children. Now, Phil, I'm gonna say that once more. I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna say here, that sir. once more. And if I'm wrong, let them sue me. He Maybe said yes. oral and manual techniques <laughs> were used on those children. Yeah.
0: So you have to go to the main screen. Yeah. So expound on that, Leah. While I'm going to the main screen here, what she's saying, what what does that
1: that that imply? That that it does more than imply. It explains that they absolutely abuse children. They 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 abuse children. It's there's nothing else to to say. and I'll just, um, Kinsey, uh, based his liberal view of child rape on research tabulated in graphs tables 31 and 34 in the male volume, which chronicled systematic sexual abuse of boys ages 2 to 15. Kinsey concluded, chronicled systematic, uh, oh, wait. I'm ready to play and, this one. Okay. Write. Um, okay, go ahead. Don't
8: look now, but they're attacking Dr. Kinsey again. The book is titled Kinsey: Sex and Fraud: The Indoctrination of a People. We should say that you are a uh, the author of the Homosexual Matrix, right. a book which got quite a positive uh, response yes, from. Well, I want to agree with um, uh, Reisman on one point. Um, I think we really ought to talk about the child stuff That's before we mix in the All right. We'll make your point. Social stuff. Um, You know, uh, we really shouldn't go too fast there. We want to savor that because it is, it is wonderful. It's so delicious. (laughs) What she says, I want to draw you a picture of the image. The image is that the world-famous sex researchers, or Dr. Kinsey alone, that's not quite clear, are in a room, and uh, they hover over a young child, less than a year old, and with their fingers or a feather, that's not quite sure uh, clear, they uh, tickle the genitalia, and bring this kid to orgasm, who is is screaming and hollering, and possibly held down by chains. (laughs) And drugged. It's all too (laughs) glorious. Well, make your point, I, I, you know, I. I hope that you don't, uh,
2: uh you're, are, are you, uh, you're well, being sarcastic, but I want to make sure. I didn't mean to be sarcastic. I didn't mean to be sarcastic. I'm more than you're sure saying that this isn't friendly.
8: true. That well, we're going to show. There. Yeah. Now, uh, right, now,
2: now, what is the point? You what is tell
3: your... me what is the point? Five months old. What is it? I can hardly read it. What's next Five to that? Months old, number of orgasms. Oh, number of orgasms. Too. Go down to the four-year-old. You see the four year old there? There, bottom one. Four year old, 26 orgasms in 24 hours. Tell tell me, Phil, tell me, Phil, does a baby sleep? Tell 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 me, Phil, tell me, Phil, does a baby sleep? Tell me if this is scientific. A baby sleeps for eight hours. You tell me how you get 26 orgasms for 24 hours.
6: Sounds like a guest for the daddy show. showed. You
3: know, and you know what and you know what Gephardt said to me? You know what Dr. Gebhardt he said? Heard? He wrote me a letter, which I wish you had up there too, in which he said that used on those children. What <laughs> American is going to send that. How does CA oh, trip
8: respond to that? Uh, she's talking about data that came from paedophiles. That um, he would listen to only pedophiles who were very careful, used stopwatches, knew how to record their things, did careful surveys, and these. He
1: would only listen to pedophiles who were very careful and used stopwatches and know and those how to kind record things, their thing. Know how to record their thing. He used these, these scientific, scientific pedophiles. I want to. I want you guys to hear this. This crazy guy again. Remember, he's the filmographer that filmed in their addict. All these sexual li- liaisons, they were doing wife swapping, husband swapping. They did multiple homosexual things, and he filmed it all.
8: View stopwatches, knew how to record their things, did careful surveys, and these she resents very much, but they're very important. So he, he to... people who
5: were...
1: Okay, wait, wait. These she reven- resents very much, but they are very important. They These very these pedophiles
0: are very important. Michelle. This man still stands by all of this. And he, and he goes and on the Donoghue show and he's not in jail and he's taken seriously.
8: Were known criminals, I assume. Were they in prison at the time? Oh, certainly not. But uh, they were, in her sense, criminals because they were pedophiles. But they're
1: so he-, he missed the point. Phil Donahue was saying these guys should be in jail. He's like, certainly not they weren't in jail when this was happening and when we were interviewing him. But she thinks they should have been. I don't think they should have been. Kinsey doesn't think they should have been. They were scientists. Exactly
3: in her ten sense observers. they were criminals because they were pedophiles they're raising children dogs. and they're not criminals you're going to defend do them they were children. Children. What, oh, they what are they do you call sexually, manually and orally abusing a baby and
8: you're yeah, telling I don't me know. that Kinsey came across in an interview sample of 5,300 people he found pedophiles who had stopwatches just happened to have this stopwatches just happened to have all that data handy
3: I want to know who these children are how their parents were involved and have we talked to those children right now
0: Wow, well, well, well. So we're going to give you guys a little preview of next week. Who these children are and were their parents in, in, involved? Some of you had asked that question. So we do have an interview with a
1: woman who calls herself Esther White. Um, and she is pretty sure she was a Kinsey child because she met Kinsey. And her father molested her with a stop and his, paper. And her
0: grandpa was paid by Kinsey. Yeah. Okay, So, so these children a lot of them were documented by their parents. So in the, we saw Chester the molester had the paper out.
1: Yeah. Right. And we know that, and we know that the, um, the Nazi guy, I can never remember his name, that we just, the, the, the Nazi guy in Poland was also sending information to
0: back and forth. Can we and, give them... Uh, so I did put in the in the thing, um, in my description here, the link between Modern End Times Theory and Kinsey. We didn't get to that tonight, and we don't have to because we are on a hard stop, but we are going to make the link. I think it's a very simple wrap-up okay. to, to this. Um,
1: Michelle was like, how does this connect? Well... Prior to all of this, in 1873, Congress passed the Comstock Laws and they were to rid, and we talked about this last week, to rid basically um, the America of, of immorality the best they could and so that you couldn't send these kind of things in the mail and you couldn't even send things about um, pornog- or um, birth control through the mail. And they cleaned up New York City. They yeah. cleaned up the prostitution. And they cleaned everything up but um, along comes Darwin and Darwin brings this theory of evolution and along comes eugenics and Christians are finding it really hard because they're 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 not they don't have a really strong relationship with Jesus Christ. they're just kind of Christian in cultural and they're finding it hard to they know what's right but they don't know how to combat this evil that's come about and the evil was getting exponential. Uh, because of the Federal Reserve, and we had a World War One, and all of these things were were uh, Americans were kind of in this flux between this newfound um, world where you don't even recognize what's happening with the Federal Reserve, and you don't even recognize that our government is printing all these dollars, and and without that, you wouldn't have World War One, and so with World War One coming. It, uh, Christians are like they need an answer for for such atrocities, and along comes c I Schofield, and he gives Christians an answer for the atrocities that they can't fix, and he says, don't worry' what you're seeing right now just means Jesus is going to come back. And so that was a very comforting thought to Christians that Jesus was just it was just kind of where we're at right now. Don't worry, just take comfort that it, if it's getting so bad then this is the end times. Right. And so when you you're seeing that the Christians are are struggling, they win a first debate with Darwin. Uh, Darwinism and evolution, not with Darwin, but with evolutionists and the, uh, teachers. Um, and then there's a, a continual push, and a continual push from academia. And Christians are, are, are reading the Schofield Reference Bible, and it's going, it's going everywhere. And they're like, okay, wait a minute. Um I don't want to be part of this culture. We're just going to sit back and let Jesus uh, come. And so they don't put their kids in higher education. They start Bible colleges like uh, Dwight L. Moody. They tell
0: kids not, and and they tell men to stop going into governmental positions, to stop being, don't be lawyers, don't be doctors. And, don't make the trial, don't try to
1: change the nation. Don't try to make this a Christian nation. Don't try to change the culture because this is just the end times. And when you read the dispensationalism, it just says this is the end times. And so as these different things are coming about, as um, you know, Christians know that it's wrong and they feel that it's wrong. And they want to keep their kids away from it and they don't want to 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 partake in it, but Um, they're getting, you're getting sucked in unless you were on the offense as a Christian, you're going
0: to constantly be put, be taking 10 steps But how did we get here? So how did Alfred Kinsey get to be such an authority in American society when we were on the fast full charge of advancing the kingdom of God here in this nation's, in this nation since 1776? How did Alfred, Alfred Kinsey, how did Margaret Sanger, how did eugenics get into being... Because of modern end times theory that had started 75 years, roughly 100 years prior to that, that said Christians need to sit on their hands when things get worse and worse and worse. It's supposed to be that way. And then they will usher in Jesus's return. But there was a a clash. So the Schofield Reference
1: Bible comes out in like 1913. Okay, so this was a really quick boom, 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 boom. So you got like the Scofield Reference Bible. You have the Federal Reserve. You've got World War One. You've got the Great Depression. You've got World War Two. You have the um, the the Bretton Woods, where we're, we're actually uh, creating this monetary system. And then FDR comes in, and he's saving the world. And Christians go along with FDR, not knowing that this is a progressive ideology. Christians go along with the progressivism. Let's clean this up through our, our laws. And this it's a sociology, a sociol like. Like, um, uh, a gospel of uh, uh, like humanism, and it takes Jesus out, and the Christians are sending their kids to public school, and they're enjoying the the the, the fruits of the fact that we have created a federal reserve system. We have actually created uh, fake money. And so there's like this boom and World War II actually is a boom. And, and we're all taught that, that World War II was a boom for the American economy. And then with all the inventions that we see, then the family gets ripped apart even farther. And as a family is getting ripped apart even farther, you've got all these inventions. You don't really need a mom at home. Moms can go to work. And it just, it's just smiling and spiraling and spiraling. And you go back to, the invention of the Federal Reserve creating this fake fiat dollar that creates all these wars, number one, over here. Then you've got over here a society that is uh being led by eugenics, Margaret Sanger, and this sexual revolution. And basically, you have what's what is a perfect storm to to over to change society, and it is all demonic and it's all satanic. And what we have to do is repent of being part of the system and, and part of the system is part of the banking system. It's part of the um all of the different uh, we the call public schools the system. public school systems. We we literally the past one hundred years the food system all of these systems okay the medical and you system. can you can literally pinpoint all of this to about 1910, 19, 10, 19 to, 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 uh, just a, a few-year period where it starts and it begins and it escalates and escalates and escalates. And then 1948, boom, the people were ready. They're ready to go. The mothers are already uh, uh, going to work. They're leaving the home. And and kids are wanting to rebel from their parents because they're in a, a public school system that is already put in Darwinism, already put in eugenics, already put in the, the laws of the fittest, okay? And so the survival of the fittest, And so the, 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 and then prayer out of schools, prayer out of schools, birth control, pornography, abortion, boom, 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 boom. And while we're seeing a reversal, okay, but Christians aren't ready. They're not ready to go full on an abortion. They're not ready to go full on and on on birth and on population control. They're not ready because you're brainwashed about the origins of the people who polluted your mind down this path. They're, They're not ready to say that, um, even adult pornography should be outlawed and illegal. Right. Okay. Because there's no such thing as adult pornography. There's no such thing. We know that these pornographic images
0: always go to kids. Yeah. There's no such thing. All right. So let's pray. Dearly Father, we come before you. We thank you uh, that all of this stuff is being come to is, is coming to the light. I thank you for the movie, The Sound of Freedom, uh, that has. Awakened a sleeping giant of people that are rising up and making the connections and saying enough is enough. We will not allow this to continue in our nation. We will go back and we will reverse all of the things that the body of Christ failed in in the past 150 years. We will go back and root out Alfred Kinsey. We will yes. root out Margaret Sanger. We will root out the sexual revolution. We will root out the fiat dollar. We will root out pornography. We will root out all of these things and we will say no more. And we will watch our country turn mm-hmm. and reverse as fast, if not faster, that it actually yes. went in the wrong direction. So I thank you for tonight. I lift up next week. I pray that um, more people will come. They will have watched this episode. They will bring their friends. They will bring their family. They'll say, wait, 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 wait. I have found the answer to how we got here. The agenda that's being pushed in our public schools on our children, I have found the route. And now we are going to get our shovels. We're gonna get our Maddoxes. We're gonna get our chainsaws. And, and we are gonna tear this, tr- this tree down. And we are going to repent for going along with these systems, for uh, for putting our kids in these indoctrination camps where they have been sexualized on purpose in an in attempt for Satan to steal and kill and destroy. So I thank you for all these things. I pray that you cover all the, all the people that have tuned in tonight. Amen, with the protection, in clean Jesus' their minds. name. Uh, don't allow any demons that, that may have... Uh, tried to get in through past experiences and we pray for healing happened. and
1: deliverance for those who are obviously going to be triggered by tonight's show, I pray Father God that it will come forward to be healed, God loves you yes. he didn't want this to happen to you, he wants to make it like it didn't happen to you and we will go through some times of prayer and deliverance yes. um, and we do want you guys in Jesus name to join us in Bards Fest uh, September 21st through 23rd we are going to be doing deliverance are amen? I Indeed. said amen, okay. amen. amen. And, and we're going to be doing deliverance and teaching deliverance, we're going to be camping, it's in Kentucky Kentucky. it's in Flemingsburg Kentucky is there anything on our website about it yet
0: not anything on our, our website you can go to BardsFM.com forward slash BardsFest or just go to BardsFM.com and the tickets should be going on sale in the next day or two but you can get your campsite now you can get your campsite now by contacting the Mandolin Farms and that is on the flyer that's on FM. and so
1: I would like I have to go but I would like for you to say goodbye to Facebook and finish with the uh, Amazing Grace song right here I think I can play that on Facebook why? Is a song,
0: yeah. Oh, you can't say you can't okay. play any songs on Facebook. All right, Facebook. Here's the deal. This is normally these shows go three hours, but tonight we are we're taking a hard break here, and so uh, join us next week for episode twenty six, which will be part two of tonight's episode, which is a very deep dive, and then we will end that episode. Tonight's prayer was a good prayer, but next week I want you guys to come battle ready to pray out um, the tearing down of these systems. And again, for those of you that may have been triggered and that word isn't as, as actually real. Okay. You can be triggered by things. Um, guys, you can reach out to us. We do have, um, some people standing by to be able to pray, uh, for you and men who are addicted to pornography. We do have a team, um, that they are, are, we're standing by ready. So you can send me an email, massfaith, M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H 33. That's in the description of all of our videos at gmail.com. And, uh, and we will hook you up with our friends and, um, and prayer warriors that are a part of our ministry, John and Stacy Barnes and their daughter, Samantha. Um, and we want to get you guys set free from this. Okay. So you, so feel, free to reach out to us if you have um childhood trauma if you have um an addiction to pornography if you were molested as a child and you want someone to help you through the deliverance of that you can contact us scott kesterson has been doing this and he's overwhelmed with it uh, but he's still doing it and so we decided that we were going to do something similar to offer to you guys as well so um uh, so anyway, thank you, Galando says happy birthday to your uncle. I appreciate that so much. So we're gonna end as a palate cleanser. Speaking of John and Stacy, they sent us this video, which honestly blew my mind. Um, it's it, I don't like heavy metal. I don't like it at all. And Leah uh, said to me, you know what I think heavy metal singers are? They're just opera opera. Op- opera singers who are too cool to sing opera. So this guy sings amazing grace. Stick around to the end of the song. Okay? Because it it's going to go somewhere you did not expect. All right?
5: Uh, man. Oh wait, wait, wait. I got
0: to actually say goodbye to Facebook. I forgot. Okay, wait a minute, Facebook. If you want to finish this on Rumble, let me let me grab the link here. Let me grab the Rumble link. Um if you're watching on Facebook, they they flag you for um copyright stuff on facebook all the time so all right i'm going to sign off of facebook and uh we're going to watch this song but if you want to watch it just put metal singer performs amazing grace it'll come up on youtube so good night to facebook we love you guys all right let's try that again
5: amazing grace how sweet the sound Thou saved a wretch like me I like me through my hinterlands to
0: a thing. Um, I, I, when I hear songs, I want to go and sing them. And, um, I was, I go around the house and like, I want to sing the song the way that he sings it. And I just end up air singing. I'm just like, cause I can't hit those notes and it's really, really funny. So, um, Isaiah 4110 says, thanks, difficult yet necessary and a great show. I do want to read something from Jason Heidinger um, that he sent to me, and he's going to try and join us for part of the show next week at least. Uh, he says, porn addiction is just the product of the evil system institution that sexualized life, childhood relationships, etc. We focus on getting addicts free, which is good. But as long as the system is still in place, you will have unlimited addicts. Change the system, the addicts disappear. That's so good. So, so good. That's, that's how we're going to heal everyone. We're going to change the system. We're pulling down this system. Um, earlier James said, uh, back in the nineties, I dated a woman who had been sexually molested on a regular basis over a period of years when she was a young girl, along with her two sisters. The perpetrator was their grandfather. We see that over and over and over again. Um, Sherry says, "One of the great deceptions. We must always be on guard and clothe ourselves with the righteousness of the word of God." Yes, Leah, repent of not repenting. Patriot Gallery says, "Our contract with God is signed in the blood of the co- uh, in a blood covenant with God." Read the Bible; it is more than you know. All right, you guys. Stay tuned for next week and we will pick up where we left off and go even deeper into this. And then we will end with a very, very powerful prayer. But I want to encourage you guys that even if you have friends that haven't been able to swallow the revelation red pill, that's fine. Still send them last week's episode and this week's episode because these are things that cross that line, that barrier, I mean. There's no, it's kind of, I want to say it's bipartisan as far as religion goes, as far as Christianity goes. Everyone needs to know this stuff. It's been hidden for far too long. KT Frog says, that was absolutely amazing and moving. Uh, Sherry says, great point, Jason. Thanks, difficult. Oh, yeah, that's right. You read, I read that already. Um, all right, you guys, we'll see you next week. And we'll also see you on Friday for our regular pro- programming, uh, for headline news. And then again on Sunday for our world news program. Yesterday I did a show. I want to encourage all of you to go and watch it. Um, we I'm talking about what's coming ahead. Um, and I think I titled it fool me once dot, 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 and then words from God on what's ahead. Um, A lot of you guys have been hearing a lot of what's coming and um, coming down the line. I share my COVID story with you, my journal. I literally read, I read from my journal and then some prophetic words that God gave me years ago that I believe apply right now. And it was a really, really powerful show. So I want to encourage all of you guys to go and watch that um, on Rumble or on Facebook or wherever you, you prefer to watch our shows. So, all right, you guys, it's been a heavy show. Go and do something, you know, go and pray for a minute, actually, I think is the best advice that I can give. Go and pray, get your mind cleansed, and uh, and God will get the glory, and we will defeat this monstrous stuff in the name of Jesus. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. I was